You're listening to Level Up with host James Lee, a senior living and healthcare leadership podcast built for those who want to be great at doing good. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Level Up with James Lee. I am really excited for this is really the first true episode in the way that I had imagined it. Uh, The first episode was an introduction to why I'm doing this podcast. And then episode two went into a little bit of my own uh, leadership um, model. But here's our first official guest, uh, somebody not from the senior living world, but uh, somebody that I followed on LinkedIn for some time. And uh, I can't wait to have this conversation uh, with you, Monty, and share it with the audience. Uh, So this is Monty Peterson. Um, I don't know how we got connected. Uh, It was through LinkedIn. And I've just followed uh, a lot of the stuff that you've you've written in. We've had a chance to talk uh, together, and I'm so excited you agreed to be my first official guest. Thanks for being on. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, James, for for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. Excited, obviously, to to be the first guest, and and uh, I have to say I'm, I'm I'm equally excited about you know Bear Wise Consulting and what you're doing with you know Thank with you. your work and the podcast and and. Uh, Happy to be a part of that. So uh, looking looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it'll be, uh, I'll tell you, it's going to be an episode I come back to uh, over and over again. And uh, for the audience um, who, who hasn't had a chance to get familiar with Monty yet, he is also very active on LinkedIn. I, I recommend that you um, follow him and uh, he's got some great content on there. Uh, Monty Peterson is the principal of the CDA group um, and uh, Monte, your your career isn't in senior living. You've had a um, a successful career um, in a, I, I think, somewhat related uh, field. Would you share a little bit with the audience your background and what you're doing now? Yeah, sh- sure. I, I had a had a very long uh, successful career with uh, two hospitality management companies, contract service providers. Some mm-hmm. people call them. Um, uh, Aramark and 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 Sodexo and and um, never really thought that I wanted to do anything else. But uh, when um, when that career came to an end and I, you know, had an opportunity to look back at what I had done and how I had done it, I had really just sort of uh, opened up the floodgates with respect to leadership and how yeah. I managed and and did things and 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 so. That sort of led to to the you know, formation of the CDA group and me wanting to you know go in and help organizations and businesses um, you know succeed at a at, at a better level you know yeah. mostly making up for uh, a lot of the mistakes that that <laughs> I experienced over my career. Well, I, I love that you know you're you're very open about um, that phrase in particular that you know you're you're coming from a place of not just that you knocked it out of the park uh, your whole life, but that you learned a lot through successes and failures and that that really helped you to get, get to this position of um, helping organizations with their strategy execution. Um, and so that's the topic of today's conversation. And um, I think, you know, it made sense to me that as I'm exploring this podcast about leveling up our own skills and abilities, that that the foundational topic here has to be strategy execution management. And that's what you're all about. So, um, you know, of, of all things that you could have really focused on uh, here in this, um, in this part of your career, why did strategy execution kind of stand out to you as this is the thing that 
you want to do? Primarily because um, when I when I discovered it, mm-hmm. I recognized that it's something that if I would have had it while I was leading in the roles that I that I led in and and um, you know towards the you know latter part of my career, I, I had I had a pretty significantly you know sized organization that, that mm-hmm. reported to me. But if I if I would have had that system and and knowing execution management and been able to put it in place, I could have I could have significantly improved the lives of a lot of people mm-hmm. and, and probably made a lot less mistakes as their leader. Um, so that 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 that's probably that probably was the the biggest you know driving factor in in, in um, you know in going this direction. Yeah. Well, let, let let's dive into the topic, and um, I, I I've got a lot of places that my brain is kind of going to uh, in this topic, but let's start with the 30,000 foot view um, and just start with strategy. I think a lot of people have kind of their own definitions of strategy. I know it's a hard thing to kind of nail down. And quite honestly, if you were to ask me, you know, how do you define strategy, uh, James? I, I, I think I might give you a different answer every time you ask me. Um, but but let's start there. When you talk to folks about strategy um, as a starting point for execution, because presumably you can't execute on something unless you know uh, strategically what uh, what you're going after. Um, how should organizations, how should firms be thinking about strategy? Let's say it's a brand new company. So I just launched Bearwise Consulting. Um, you know, how should I be thinking about strategy in terms of the importance of you know, a, a success of a business if I'm if I'm just forming it right now. Well, well, the the, the standard um, practice with strategy is you know you're trying to create something that that that's unique, right? That that that, that differentiates you, that provides value for you know your shareholders, your 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 guests, your customers, mm-hmm. or whoever, and and it leverages ex- specifically what it is what it is you do, and that, and that's sort of that's sort of what people start out with. They they build that. And they do. They really do a good job with it, right? They, whether they do it with a board or with an outside consultant, they, you know, they really go to great lengths and they they build these great strategies that seem to be very fitting for mm-hmm. you know for their organization. But you know, typically what happens is the problem they run into is that all of a sudden they have to take that strategy and now they need to execute it. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you take that off of you know the the paper, the, you know, the well-documented PowerPoint or binder and, and mm-hmm. get that into the heads of your people. And so, so, uh, you know, a, a well-executed strategy is something that's, you know, well-known and understood by your organization. And, and that's, and that's where execution comes in, yeah. you know, to be able to drive that down, to be able to effectively translate basically what's formed way up here at the top, you mm-hmm. know, at, at the 30,000 foot level and how do I bring that down to the people on the front lines who are, you know, tasked with doing the work and accomplishing, mm-hmm. you know, what they need to do to contribute to the strategy? So it's, so it's really that idea of taking strategy and figuring out how to get the results and the outcomes that you want from it. Mm-hmm. You know, Monty, when I when I hear you speaking about this this topic of, it's almost a, I think that the standard way most organizations think about strategy is that it's formed at the top and then it cascades down and magically, you know, things are executed because it was, uh, the strategy was so clear, so great. And, um, you know, 
just by that virtue alone, people are going to be able to execute on it. Of course, we know that's not the case. Um, so why do companies get it wrong so often? Um, and, and specifically, I'd love to hear you know some thoughts around um, that that kind of communication chain, that cascading. You know, um, those are my words, not not what you said. But um, why do people miss out on that telephone game of strategy? Well, it, it, it's a lot of what what you shared, James. It's it's mistakenly thinking that um, they've done all the work and that the the strategy is is has been done so well that it should be able to. Mm-hmm. be handed down to area leaders, directors, VPs, whoever, and, and they should be able to do it. And you know, that leaves you, you know, really open, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're solely, um, you know, relying on those people to, to, to be able to do it. And, and, you know, what, what typically happens is, you know, the senior leadership writes a strategy that's, that's really for them. It makes great sense to them mm-hmm. and they understand it completely and they buy into it, but, but they don't, they don't take it to the next level and, and the level after that and, and get it down, get down to their people. So, you know, what you have, what you see happening, um, common mistakes is that, um, you know, they'll, they'll only take it down a couple levels and mm-hmm. think that's enough. Sometimes they'll pass it over to HR and they'll, they'll, they'll tie it into the, career development or, or performance management. And, and, and the big flyby is that there's no, there's no connection to results. And, and if, if you don't link it to outcomes, then strategy is absolutely meaningless to most people inside the organization. And, and again, the, st- the strategy rollout process proves that because mm-hmm. how does it happen? Well, you know, you get all your team together, or you go on a road show if you have multiple units across the country and, and locations and everybody gets excited about it and they cheer and, you know, basically the people sit in the audience and say, well, oh, that's great. It sounds good. Let me know when you get there. I'm going back to work. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that, that's the, that's the problem is oh. it just doesn't, it, it just doesn't connect and resonate with people yeah. um, throughout the, throughout the organization to the extent it needs to. Oh man, I, I could tell you I've been in the audience uh, for some of those road shows. And if I'm being honest with myself, I've also been in front of the room for those road shows. And, and I'm thinking about all those times when, um, you know, strategy formation, uh, much less execution, it, it almost always was just kind of done in a bubble of you know, the titles in the room and, you know, let's get the strategy done. Let's think it through and then it'll be so profound and, you know, and then let's roll it out, go on the road show. This day and age when we're uh, on Zoom calls, um, you know, now they're virtual road shows or emails or, you know, whatever whatever version of communication that, you know, we, we think is effective. Uh, but as you, as you said, people sitting in that audience are probably thinking, yeah, this sounds good, but I got to get back to work. Um, so it begs the question: um, it, Why the disconnect? I mean, do do you think that the frontline or unit level managers and uh, and employees don't care about strategy, or what what what's the missing ingredient here? Why why is there such a disconnect? Well, they 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 care to the extent that they're engaged or involved in the process, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, generally when I when I engage an organization for the first time, I I just take their strategy as is. I I, ma- I make no judgments on it whatsoever. I just 
I really, I kind of take it and I say, mm -hmm. okay, well, out of this, out of your strategy, what are the four or five critical things that you're trying to accomplish this year? Yeah. And that's where we start. And then, and then we, and then we slowly uh, engage the rest of the organization, um, you know, in, in what their part is in helping to achieve that. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's really the part that, that, that they're missing that that's mm -hmm. not happening. And, and it could, you could engage the whole team in um, in strategy development, and, and, there, and there are ways to do that. Um, but but really, when it gets down to it, when you get down to those four or five or six strategic initiatives that that are really critical to the success of that company for that year, those are the things that you want to connect your people to, and mm -hmm. you've got to get them understanding what it is they do at their level that contributes to that success. And when mm -hmm. you, and when you do that, you get intrinsic motivation because they, they understand why they're doing it and who they're doing it for. And they understand, you know, the benefits that, that are going to accrue to them as a result of it happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's right on about how, how we engage all levels of the organization. It sounds like, you know, what you're saying is that um, what's, you know, it's important to involve and engage people in the, in the formation, but um, but where most people get it wrong is that communication and that communication cadence. I, I think I've heard you uh, speak about it before that uh, sometimes strategy can be kind of an annual, you know, set it and forget it. Oh, you know, we formed the strategy and now we're spending a, a year measuring our performance against that. Um, what, what's your view on um, how often should, should leaders be revisiting that strategy? Well, if, if, if it's done correctly, um, almost, almost constantly, mm -hmm. like, like weekly and daily and daily in some cases, mm -hmm. um, if, if you're really going to drive your people to achieve those things. And, and again, I guess I should, I should qualify that. I'm not thinking about the whole strategy, but you know, again, what are those priorities? What are we trying to accomplish this year? What, yeah. how do we define success for this year? And um, when, when they, when they when you do that, you keep it top of mind, you know, for everybody in the organization. So they know what they're working for and why mm -hmm. they're doing it. Um, because really with, without that, they're just out there turning wrenches or, or, you know, taking care of a resident or, you know, serving a customer and, and um, you know, the, they don't have the, they don't have the background. They don't, they don't understand the why behind, you know, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's uh, let, let's take this and dive into, I, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, your focus on the word execution the, or, or the execution component of strategy. Um, I think what I've, what I understand about um, having followed you on LinkedIn and having, a few conversations with you. It's really execution. That's the key kind of concept here. Um, a lot of people talk about strategy. It sounds good. It feels good. It makes us feel smart. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's are you executing on those deliverables and are you measuring, you know, um, th those things that that are tracking your progress? So let's break down execution here a little bit. Um, if if I am a leader, let's say a mid mid to senior level leader. I think that's kind of the typical audience that, that would be on this podcast. So you are not at the C-suite, but you're somewhere in the middle kind of leadership level. Really, I, I would say in some some cases, most accountable to 
you know, those execution uh, components, how should I be thinking about execution? Um, and, you know, wh where do I start? Now, let's say I buy into, okay, I, I'm responsible for the execution of this. Now, where do I go? Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let me just let me just back up a, li a little bit on that and, and give give you give you two definitions that I think will help okay put it put it into a little bit better perspective yeah um, globally so if you're if you're part of a senior leadership team um, execution is about uh, a set creating a set of behaviors and techniques that will give you a competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. So basically if you execute better than your competitors or anybody else in the marketplace, then you're going to have a, you're going to have a decided advantage and probably be, be highly successful. Taking it down to that middle, middle manager or, um, you know, departmental vice president or, or, or whoever, it's all about aligning the daily tasks and activities of everybody on your team with the strategic objectives of the organization. So that's yeah. that, that's that buy-in piece. That's getting your people to understand what we're doing, who's doing what at what time. And, you know, like you shared, monitoring it, measuring it and making sure that we're, uh, we're tracking towards it so that if we get off base, we know we're off base and we can, we can course correct and we can bring it on. Yeah. And, and, and really almost in, in real time, uh, keep up with what those key objectives are. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think that's the, that's the thing that people miss with execution is that it's, it's a dynamic process. It's meant to change. It's, ex it's an expectation that things will change. So, I mean, so many organizations that, um, that are out there set people up with goals at the beginning of the year or, or certain tasks that they want them to do. And then, you go through the whole year and all the business conditions change over the course of mm -hmm. the year, but the goals are the same yeah. <laughs> and, they're, and they're being rated performance wise at the end of the year on something that's no longer applicable. Yeah. And, 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 and execution's not, it's not static. You, you have to, you have to be able to get your people focused and refocused. And sometimes, I mean, especially a year like this last one we've experienced mm -hmm. um, you have to, you have to get them understanding that, change is expected that things are going to happen this is not going to be a straight path it's just yeah. like success in life right it, it doesn't happen in a linear fashion it, go, it goes all over the board yeah yeah and the same as with the same as with executing on strategy so many good points here i i circled a couple of words here monty so we can kind of deep dive a little bit more um the what you said about um at the senior level creating um, strategic initiatives that create a competitive advantage. I think that extra qualification there, that those the, the initiative should create a strategic or competitive advantage versus your competitors. Um, I, I, I've got to say, uh, I've been in a lot of strategy formation conversations, um, but that specific thing right there that what you said is uh, about this should create some kind of a competitive advantage for us that's usually missing in conversations, uh, at, at least, you know, some of the ones I've been a part of. Um, but, but wow, I, what a big takeaway here that, um, I mean, it, it is incumbent on all businesses that you're going to compete against other people and you have to have some kind of a value proposition that differentiates you from everybody else. And, um, and I can tell you from, you know, from my industry's perspective, the senior living industry as a layperson or a customer who 
isn't, you know, in the day-to-day nuance of what we do, our our firms in the industry may feel like there are differentiations between one another, but in the eyes of the customer, you you know, it, we're pretty much the same. Um, you know, we ha- you have a different name on the building, but we're pretty much all just lumped in as, you know, senior living. Um, I, I'd love to kind of peel back that onion a little bit about competitive advantage. Um, why, why is that not something that is intuitive to people when they're coming up with strategy? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a head scratcher, mm-hmm. you know, in, in some regards, because um, I, I think, I think some of it is, um, is centered on, on comfort and safety. You know, there are, there are organizations that are risk averse and uh, they look, they look for ways to, you know, provide certainty, meaning, meaning maybe that's, um, you know, consistent profitability mm-hmm. or, or, or measured profitability. Um, but yeah, we get, we get a little bit complacent and we don't think about those reasons why, why we're initially, you know, in, in business. And obviously mm-hmm. you want to, you want to create and keep customers, but, but the way you do that and the way, the way someone who becomes a resident in a senior living facility is, is all about differentiation, right? I mean, they like mm-hmm. this place better than that. They like these people better than that. Yeah. And, um, if, if you don't, you know, again, if you don't separate and create that differentiation, then everything looks like a commodity. And, and, and at that point you spiral downward because you look like everybody else and then it becomes a cost game. Yeah. And then, you know, people are just, you know, lowering their room rates or, you know, doing things like everybody else is doing because that's, that's the organizational drift. And so at, at a senior level, avoiding that organizational drift is, it's just you know real real critical and that and and again how you how you execute you know in my mind at least is you know is is how you differentiate yourself because if if you do it better than anybody else if meaning you know that executive director greets you at the door mm-hmm. and they have a large presence and and you know they know what they're doing that gives you trust that gives you confidence and and i think i think there are a lot of uh leadership teams that don't get that exposure. They, or, or they, or they had it at one time and then they mm-hmm. lost it and they, you know, they, they lose it. So, yeah. And Monte, it, it, it sounds like you've been in our industry, you know, the way that you're uh, almost kind of uh, uh, applying your, your knowledge and expertise and strategy execution, the things that you're saying here about like um, when, when you don't have competitive advantage and when you're not executing on, on those, strategic initiatives, you eventually get down to just price wars with your, with your competitors. I mean, that is, that is something pretty, uh, that's a sensitive topic. I think for people in my industry is the, the heavy use of incentives and um, you know, how much should we discount Um, that becomes a big part of the day-to-day conversation. And, and I'm tracing it back now towards this kind of idea of, creating advantage through your strategy um, and that the execution work is aligning the day-to-day actions to strengthen that competitive advantage. Is, is that fair to, uh, you didn't say it that way, but is that fair to interpret that way? No, it's, it's absolutely a fair, fair because um, you can, you can charge a premium for, for, for better service mm-hmm. I mean, for better value. I mean um, there's um 
you know, there's, there's price elasticity, right. In, in that, mm-hmm. in that if you're, if, if you're considered the best or one of the best, or, you know, people have proof positive of your ability to deliver on what you say you're, you're going to do, then, um, you know, you're, you're going to be able to command a better price and, 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 and probably lead the market and probably continue to be more innovative and, um, you know, mm-hmm. a, 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 a good, um, you know, supplier of, of, of whatever yeah. your product or your service is. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question here and uh, I, I think I might No, I, I think I know the answer to this, but it's, it's a, maybe a good segue into this uh, next part of the conversation. I have seen a lot of um, summaries, st- strategic summaries. So let's say that, you know, the, the senior team has done the work of figuring out what are, what are the things we're going to focus on this year? And then you summarize that down and inevitably you're going to have somewhere on there um, improve sales from three move-ins a month to five move-ins a month across our portfolio. Is that a strategy? No, that's, um, that's a metric. Mm-hmm. And, and, and metrics in and of themselves are, are not bad things. And, and you know, when, when, when you can communicate at the right level, a metric like that, that makes sense to, to people. And, and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's at the, at the executive director level, you know, I, I'm not sure where it would, would, would fall inside mm-hmm. uh, senior living, but you, you really want um, strategic initiatives that, you know, like I, like I shared earlier, al- align people with, with what you're trying to, to do. And, and, and so, you may have a strategic initiative where you're you're trying to um, increase your, uh, you know, it, you know, hospitals. It comes to mind. They, mm-hmm. they use something called the Press Ganey score, which is kind of the outpatient uh, summary of how their visit went. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you have that, you know, kind of a similar thing where you're you know you're wanting these these very good ratings. Well, how how do you do that? Well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's about it's about resident satisfaction, and you know you want to drive resident satisfaction. So, so really, you 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 want to craft strategic, strategically initiatives that um, everybody can you know can keep top of mind that that you know they're easy to recite. They understand what it is you're trying to do, but then but then you 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 know you want to measure using you know using the metrics. You know, very. Let me give you a better mm-hmm. example. Very few financial metrics make sense to people, yeah. Except senior leadership. So, so if 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 your if your goal for the year is to year over year double sales, mm-hmm. you know, so 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 maybe you're going from five to to ten million. Mm-hmm. Nobody in your organization cares about that, but the senior leadership team. Yeah, that's right. So, so why would you, you know, why would you use that to try and, you know, intrinsically motivate and get somebody, you know, to work? You really, you really need to say, um, you know, that, that, you know, we need you to perform at this level so that we get this many people, you know, you know, coming in the door or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, whatever it is, but you, you've got to, you've got to relay it in terms that they can understand. and, and, And that's, that's really what what makes what make what makes the difference, I think, in a in a good strategy and having initiatives that are executable. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it it's it's a it's the right 
I think, way to look at how poorly some strategic initiatives are even formed in the first place, um, that a lot of people put a goal or a, or a metric as the strategic initiative. And it's, it's not. It's not how we're creating competitive advantage. It's not the things that are driving our, our, our different story. It's just a measurement. Um, and, and I think a lot of times people can think, well, our strategy is we need to increase sales. We need to decrease move outs. We, you know, whatever those are. Um, but it, that doesn't get to the how. It doesn't get to why. It just gets to the what we hope to see by the end of the year. That, that, that's right. And, and, I, and I, think the, I think the piece that's missing for a lot of organizations is just that tie back to culture. Mm. And, and if, you, if you read much about strategy and, and leadership, uh, one of the, and, and this happens annually when leaders get surveyed, that they just, they find it difficult to tie their strategy back to their culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way, the way execution management looks at it is, okay, if we, if, if we, uh, we live our mission every day, okay, if we work towards our vision, you know, our longer term view of where we want to go, if we adhere to our core behaviors, kind of those minimal behavioral standards for mm-hmm. people on the team, and if, and if we, uh, you know, if, if, if we aspire to our, our core values, and we hit our strategic initiatives, then more than likely, the profit mode is going to be satisfied. You know, we're, our shareholders are going to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Our customers are going to be satisfied. So, so in many respects, that cultural aspect defines success for the organization. And, and that's, a, that's really a better, I think, broader way of looking at it that, that you know, we, we get to the profit. We, I mean, we recognize we need profit. We wouldn't be in business if we didn't have it. Right. But, but we did all these other things so well that the profit just came and it, and it came abundantly. Yeah. I, I'd like to share with you maybe um, some of the ways that I thought about strategy and execution as an executive director uh, of a community. And uh, we'll, we'll just kind of um, m- maybe do this in terms of, uh, you know, you're my, you're my coach and, uh, you know, I'm coming to you and, and saying, here's kind of how, how we're formulating uh, this. Because I also want this to be... <clears throat> excuse me, I want this to be tangible for people who are listening to kind of evaluate, am I thinking of strategy execution in, in the right way? So I think we've established that just setting a metric goal is not a strategy. Those are just things, you know, we want to, we hope for or measure. Um, so the first time I was an executive director, there were two kind of main components of, uh, of our strategy that uh, we developed and we went over and over and we kept measuring against it uh, throughout throughout the year. Um, one of those things was to increase our brand awareness in the community as the um, education source for all things senior. So um, what we wanted to do was whatever, however we were going to execute that, we were going to create a differentiation in that if anybody, if a medical provider, a family member of a senior, a senior themselves, um, if they wanted to learn something about the senior experience, that you were going to come to our community for a seminar um, or, or whatever. So that was one component of it. On the employment side, uh, a key part of our strategy was let's become the employer of choice that helps people to improve their wages, whether it's with us or somebody else. So that wasn't a key part of our 
business, our corporate strategy. But for us locally, we decided, you know, we have to attack this problem on employee turnover. I think the way that we're going to achieve that is let's start letting people know that if you come work with us, you're going to improve your skills. You're going to, you know, you're going to improve your interview skills, things like that. And we got to the point where we were as a team celebrating when people got a promoted job outside of our community. And so there were a couple other components of, of how we did this, but those were two what we believe to be core parts of our strategy, the education brand awareness uh, for seniors, and then the employer of choice by helping people to improve their standing if you come work with us. Um, how would you evaluate that in terms of strategy? Um, I, I, I'd say they were done pretty well, you know, pri- primarily because, and again, on the first one, on on increasing your brand awareness and and your, mm-hmm. you know, your knowledge base around um, all things senior, you know, that educational component. Um, I, if if you're taking that and you're you're basically offering that to your to your people and saying, um, I need to make you as knowledgeable as me about this business mm-hmm. so that if that family member or if that doctor or that, that nursing assistant comes up to you, you can answer their question, you know, w- without, you know, without hesitation. Yeah. Um, so, so that continuous improvement that, that strive to learning, I mean, I, I don't see why anybody wouldn't, wouldn't want to help live up to that, yeah. you know, increasing the brand awareness because, because it's improving them. Um, and, and, and really the, the same, the same way with the, you know, with the employer of choice. And, and again, those are, those are, that's kind of buzz language that everybody uses, sure. but, but, but when, but when you put meat on the bone behind it and you say, you know, we're going to pay our people more, we're going to hire better, you know, we're, we're going to invest in them. And if, if they're going to grow personally, and if they grow with us, that's a great thing. But if they, if, if they find a job with another provider that's a promotion because mm-hmm. we couldn't give them one at the time, then, we, you know, we got to thank them for their service and say, you know, we, we did our part. Um, thank you. And, and maybe they come back again, you know, work for you again yeah. at another point. But, but, but the reality mm-hmm. is, is you, you've just shown your people that you care and, mm-hmm. you know, caring is a big part of, of execution, right? Because yeah. these people who are charged with doing the work, just, just, they're either going to persevere for a paycheck or they're just going to, or, or, or they're going to go lights out for you because they believe in what you're doing. And, and they, they know that, if they work hard and you win, they're going to win as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on that topic of being the employer of choice, you're, you're absolutely right that that phrase, that buzz term, it's pretty ubiquitous, Um, not just in our industry, I'm sure in in many industries. Um, And so we really challenged ourselves on those execution points and some of the, some, some examples of the ways that we executed on that, um, where we developed a kind of internal um, kind of uh, work study type uh, program, internship type program where employees of any department could go work in another, like a managerial department. So a frequent use of that would be a dining associate, typically younger in terms of our age spectrum of employees, uh, they would go and work in the business office, you know, once a month, put on their uh, business clothes and come learn about the finances of a senior living business. So we had these internship programs that we developed. Um, we also did a, a alumni board in our break room where we 
publicly posted photos of people who had worked there but had gone on to move into you know other positions uh, because presumably the work and the learning that happened while they were working with us so it was our commitment to let's not just say this is part of our strategy or a better and different story how are we going to execute this strategy and those are just a couple of examples of how our team um you know a- a- adapted to make that a reality so um it it sounds like that kind of thinking of how do you create advantage and then how do you align the daily work to strengthen that advantage throughout the year and i guess we're arbitrarily using a year as a kind of a marker here but um maybe we don't have to confine it to to that time period no no, no because because certainly you can um you can have a vision which which includes uh, you know some some broader longer term goals mm-hmm. but you can break those goals down and and you know execution management allows you to do that you know maybe it's just you have to you have to do these two steps before you can you know get to the next level of what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. um, but 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 it all makes sense but you know really what what you're saying and what you're what you're hitting on here is that whole idea that when people know that leadership cares and mm-hmm. they trust them to do their to do their role they're going to knock they're going to knock your socks off in terms yeah. of their performance i mean they they just are they're, they 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 see it they want it they understand it um and it it, it just changes people and and uh, you know if 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 you run a commodity type organization you're just not going to see that because everything's predicated on cost Mm -hmm. you know everything's everything's done at the expense of the employee and the employee is an is an object and a function to the success of leadership versus versus being the other way around Mm -hmm. you know where 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 you know i mean people ask me the question a lot you know about what um you know what 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 should come first Should, should it be your people or should it be the you know, the organization. And, and I always, I always just say it's, it's the people because you, mm-hmm. you know, without them, you know, your customers, I mean, things just aren't going to work well. If you, if you don't have people doing what they need to be doing consistently and doing it well on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And and I think that kind of segues us into the final kind of component of this discussion I'd, I'd like to have with you is um, w- one of the things that's pretty evident to me in, in, having gotten to know you is that these conversations about strategy execution management can feel very kind of, you know, um, vague in concept to, to, you know, to a lot of people. Um, But at the end of the day, one of the things that resonates with me about your message, Monty, is that it always grounds in how does it relate to the person, the, the, the employee, the person taking care of the business. And I can tell you that in, I can't think of many industries where that, um, that isn't more critical to our value proposition than senior living, where if we don't have a focus on our employees, we have nothing else. And um, it's almost become this like this unquestionable mantra of senior living that you put the senior first. And um, I've, I've often prescribed to, well, let's, we put our employees first. And if we really back that up, then we're putting our seniors, you know, in, in a position where they um, benefit from all of our work. So, you know, let's, let's explore that a little bit. Um, when it comes to 
leadership and people management, um, how does execution tie into just being a good business of people? I, I often tell people that that, that my role is uh, taking execution from that vague notion mm-hmm. you sort of to yeah. spoke about to uh, turning it into a teachable skill that both individuals and organizations can master in order in order to get to get better at what it mm-hmm. is they do. And so I think when you when you look at execution in that vein to say that it is a it is a teachable skill that that you know being able to take you know just something as 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 big at times and vague as a strategy and then boiling it down to what needs to happen mm-hmm. on the ground in order you know in order to accomplish it. Um, that's more than what most people, you know, go to work for every day. I mean, pe- yeah. people wake up and they go in and they know that they have to do this and they have to do that. But if they, if they can't attach it back to, you know, w- you know why they're doing it, it's just. Uh, I, I think it's 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 just a, it's just a struggle and it's not uh, it's 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 not going to bear fruit. But when somebody, I mean, you've seen this in a lot of commercials, right? Where um, you know, they talk about, you know, people being their priority and, mm-hmm. but, but really the, the priority of, of, of a worker or, or a, a person on your team is to just know where they stand with you, with their boss and their organization on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And, and that's what execution management does. It, it lays everything out so, so succinctly and clearly that they have, they have, uh, they have clarity around, you know, their job responsibilities. They know what their goals are. They know what they're trying to hit. When when they when they fall off or when they're falling short, their boss doesn't come to them and threaten them or do, or, or mm-hmm. you know give them written documentation. He says, "Hey, what's going on? You know, yeah. what what do, what do we need to do? Here's where we're supposed to be, and you know, how do we get you back on track?" Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a you. So you have to kind of flip the perspective because you're not, you know, you, you're you're not um, you're just not dealing with. Uh, I, I, I guess you know robotic individuals, right? Yeah, you, you, yeah. You've got humans that have lives and things going on, and if if they're not going to give you their best unless you understand them and what's going on in their lives, and uh, you know, so so mm-hmm. you know, building trust, building respect with the, with the team members, you you do that, and you know, you're going to be miles ahead of the competition. There's no question about it. Yeah. Well, it it seems like you know a, a strong if. Uh, execution management culture on a team really almost takes the place of performance reviews and uh, because you're just constantly realigning to you know um, the, the 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 things that you're you're doing every day to, to execute on that strategy um, it makes me think a little bit about that same community um, where I was the executive director this example uh, that I just sh- shared with you um, we, we definitely didn't do annual reviews. We had, I mean, very frequent, um, kind of check-ins against that, uh, like, Hey guys, okay, this week, let's talk about, let's focus on, um, this employer of choice and, um, how are we, you know, creating that differentiation? Um, and then everybody would kind of report back and, you know, we did other things, of course, but we had a focus on, okay, every time we go to the stand-up meeting, we're all going to contribute to, you know, how we're moving the ball forward uh, in terms of this, um, this particular leg of our strategy. Um, I'm, I'm curious about the, you, you made a, a post recently um, 
recently is relative because by the time this podcast airs, uh, you know, I don't know how far back that post will be, but I loved it. I wanted to bring it up uh, for conversation today, and it had to do with performance improvement plans. The the dreaded PIP, you know, from both the receiving end and the giving end. Um, I don't think there's anybody I've come across who who's really loved the the PIP process when it comes to uh, managing someone's performance. Um, what, what's your what's your take on the performance improvement plans in, in terms of leadership? Yeah, it, it, its inception can be tied back to I think um, really the, the the advent of of um, you know growth in in, in HR leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago you had maybe one HR person inside of one organization mm-hmm. and, and now you have them, you know, closely embedded to, you know, I mean, maybe even in one of your um, residential living centers, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd have an HR person, you know, sure. to help yeah. oversee that, oversee that team. So, so anyway, so they were, they were really created to be sort of the third, um, I call it a third step, you know, and again, that, that stems from this idea of three strikes and you're out kind of thing, but it was, it was always kind of developed as a, as a way to get somebody back on track. I think the initial intent of it was, was good in that, that you're, you know, you're trying to help somebody who's struggling as, as an employee, turn it around and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and be better. But really what it, what it sort of morphed into was that third strike that, okay, I'm going to give you a verbal and then I'm going to give you a written warning and then I'm going to put you on a performance improvement plan, you know, which is, which is really code for you're about to be fired. And, yeah. you know, if you, if you know, it's good for you, you'll start looking for an, another job. And what, what it became was that sort of that CYA mm-hmm. document that um, leadership could be assured that if they were going to be sued by somebody, you know, for, you know, being let go erroneously, um, that they would have the, you know, that they would have the backup. And, and, yeah. and, and again, so, so it's just, just, it's just an example of where, you know, the intent, it was, it was brought in with the best of intentions. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just morphed into this idea that, well, you're going to be, you're going to be put on a pip. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. as you and I both know, most people look at that and viewed it as the kiss of death. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And e- even how you phrase that it's uh, you know, I'm going to put you on a pip, that's almost that's almost always how people uh, convey that, and I don't know that I've ever, you know, heard the phrase "I'm going to put you on" and then fill in the blank and felt positive about that uh, expression. Pretty dehumanizing. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there was a line in your post that I just loved. I'm, I'm going to write it on my board and 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 think on it. Um, but that uh, I think it's some something of the effective. You know, the pip is the last act of cowardice of a. Uh, of a leader for firing somebody for for the leader not doing their job. It, I I'm sure I butchered that, uh, but the sentiment of it, I, it just it, it was so profound to me. Uh, I'd love your thoughts. Maybe expand on that. Yeah, it, it, it centers on this idea that that, um, and I was guilty of this too throughout mm-hmm. throughout my career. Yeah, um, but you you need to take ownership of those people who are in your charge, mm-hmm. and that means. You know, when, when they, when they win, you win, when they fail, you fail. Yeah. And, and when you, when you have ownership of that, you take the responsibility 
of seeing to their success very, very seriously. I mean, just, just think if compensation were based upon, you know, whether or not the, the people under your charge did well, or, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or not, I think people would start to pay attention to it, right? All of, all of a sudden, you know, well, you, you know, you had massive turnover this year, you know, you, you had a, you had a department of 25 and 75% of them turned over. And, you know, I mean, I mean, when we think about it, those are usually kind of the kinds of things that management sits around and thinks up, but you know, the whole, the whole idea of ownership is predicated on this idea that, that you, you own those, you own those people and their success. And that if, if you really care about them, you'll work with them to get them to where they need to be so that they understand what it is they need to do. Because quite frankly, and we, you know, you mentioned communication earlier. I mean, most of the issues center around communication that people just don't know what's expected. And that's the nice thing about execution management because people never ever lack knowing where they stand and what they need to be doing. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of full visibility and accountability for how everyone relates to the work. You know, this is the job of the leader. This is the job of everybody um, on the team. And you're constantly measuring against, uh, against that. Um, I, I love this concept of um, that, that execution is also dynamic. Um, and that, you know, I, I think I heard um, this phrase recently about uh, dynamic equilibrium. It sounds really uh, academic, but in, in concept, you know, what I interpret uh, that to be dynamic equilibrium is that um, the balance within your team is always shifting. And so, you know, you can have a state of balance on your team, but it's going to move, you know, and, um, and I think that's what leadership has to be is, is kind of recognizing when, when has, when has something shifted in the dynamic of our work and how do I kind of counterbalance that again so that everyone feels at equilibrium and, you know, in senior living uh, during the pandemic um, at a time when, um, you know, all, a lot of the strategy around our industry was just kind of, okay, well, let's just repeat what we did last year. Just let's do a little bit better. Um, there wasn't a lot of dynamism in, in, in strategy or execution or people management. And so I think we're all kind of having that reckoning of, okay, how do we do this a little bit different? And I hope this episode and this conversation leads people to think through you know, how, how are they thinking about their own strategy, uh, execution and, um, you know, and, and how are our frontline people, our managers our caregivers, uh, the people charged with kind of that brand management of our industry, really, um, how are they involved in it? How are they engaged in it and, uh, participating in it in the first place? Um, yeah, this, this, this has really been an eye-opening conversation. I think, it could probably lead to a whole series of conversations. This is really kind of tip of the iceberg. Uh, but Monty, if you had to kind of try and like try and summarize or not summarize, but get, I'd love to end here on a couple of takeaways, just some practical things that if a leader has listened to this episode and said, okay, you know what? I, I really want to focus on this. I want to get better at this. Um, do you have any kind of, um, words of wisdom or, yeah, or just kind yeah. of tips here for us? I, 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 I drafted three notes here yeah, kind awesome. of before we, we started. And the, and the first one is that, you know, execution management is about investing in your people. 
it's creating a repeatable methodology that, that they can easily understand and that links them directly to, to, you know, to the strategy, to those, to those, to those key outcomes and how mm-hmm. they contribute to, to the organization's success. Another one that, that, that I would share is that execution is not performance management. You know, performance management is, is always, it's past orientation, right? You're always, mm-hmm. you're always reviewing things in, in arrears and, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't, um, you know, connect with your people. So, yeah. um, and then, and then probably the last thing is that, um, execution takes courageous leadership. And what I mean by that is, is, um, when you decide to go on a journey to, to look at or master execution, um, you're going to quite literally expose every single issue that you have inside your organization. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a strong stomach yeah. because you, you got to get ready to face some truth because if you, if you don't, if you don't face up to that truth, it's, you know, it's going to be awful difficult to change or transform your organization. So, you know, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, I, I think those three things, um, are, are just, are just real, real critical in knowing, you know, because everybody's going to look, listen to this and they're going to say, yeah, that, that sounds really good, but this is typically what happens. Well, you know, in order to change, you know, it, it, it's going to require you to do, to do something different than what, you know, what you're yeah. doing today. Yeah. I, I love those. I love those takeaways, Monty. And it's, it's ringing true for me. And it's, 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 it's both corroborating some of the things that I felt I've been doing right, but also challenging me on things that I know I can keep, you know, doing better for myself and, um, you know, the clients that, you know, I hope to work with. And, um, you know, the, 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 the last one in particular about uh, execution requires courageous leadership. Um, you know, part of even how I formed the, the, company name Bearwise Consulting. I don't know if I shared that story with you, Monty, um, but but Bearwise, where, where that kind of came from was that that I think there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom, knowing something and having wisdom in that thing, and that the, the, the gap between is courage, and that, you mm-hmm. know, you, nobody gets to the point of wisdom just by attaining it. You, you bear the process of earning wisdom. It's going to be tough. It's going to require courage. And so Bearwise was just kind of a, you know, combination of that, that you're not going to gain wisdom, you're going to bear it. And, um, you know, and it's a call to leadership that if you really want to pivot and change what your company uh, is, you know, if, if there are gaps in, in how you're meeting your customers' expectations, and maybe even more importantly, right now, your own employees' expectations, because they're giving you their heart, um, they're giving you their their blood, sweat, and tears. You know, right now, if organizations aren't re-examining how they're doing their strategy execution, um, they're they're going to really miss out on this silver lining opportunity that I think COVID has exposed for all of us. That we got to re-examine things and we got to you know try to do things a little differently. So um, I, I I hope that this episode resonates with you know, uh, people in our, uh, in this industry and, and, and in any industry, I think this is accessible to anybody who's in a leadership position. Um, this, this has been an awesome conversation, Monty. I hope, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and thank you so much for being here. How, how can people kind of get to get to know you or reach out to you? What's the best way to do that? Uh, probably two, two places, James, the, the, the first, um, connect with me on, on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, the the last name Peterson is P E D E R S E N, but um, you know you you'll you'll find me. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty uh, pretty consistent there. And then uh, my company website is uh, www.clarifydeployachieve.com, which is which is how the acronym CDA mm-hmm. was formed. Oh, okay. Um, so those those two places uh, you can get my contact information and and you know connect with me directly. But I would I would love to have you follow and engage uh, on on LinkedIn if you if you just have a passing interest and want to learn more. But if you want to talk directly, I'm I'm certainly open to that as well. Yeah, awesome. Well, you know, Monty, I know we'll continue to have a lot of offline uh, camaraderie and conversations and. Um, you know, LinkedIn is, it's been an amazing platform to meet people uh, like you. And, you know, we've developed a kind of a camaraderie across many, many miles. Where, where are you uh, living, right? Uh, just just for people who don't know where you're based. I, I live in the uh, the hills of Northwest Illinois. And, and for people, that, you know, in, in the Great Plains, they don't normally envision uh, hills in uh, <laughs> Illinois. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I live in a small hamlet called Galena, Illinois. Yeah. Um, which is a, which is a historic, it was uh, Ulysses Grant lived here when he was president, his mm-hmm. father and brother were blacksmiths here. So uh, anyway, so there's some historical significance to the town, but it's, it's just a peaceful place. It's just a nice place to be. So yeah. great place to live out a pandemic for sure. I'm sure. <laughs> well, and uh, I'm here in San Antonio, Texas. So, you know, across many, many miles during the pandemic, you know, we've had a chance to connect and uh, really get to know one another. Monty, thank you so much for uh, sharing some of your thoughts and wisdom on the topic of uh, execution. I hope this helps. I know it will. And um, so, you know, uh, hang tight after I close this episode. I want to talk to you for just a few more minutes. Uh, But to everybody else listening to the Level Up podcast, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, You can find Monty's information in the show notes and uh, all of the LinkedIn uh, posts that we'll create around this episode. Thanks for joining today. Have a great week leading from the head and the heart, and we'll see you around. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Level Up Podcast. We hope you're inspired to lead every day with both your head and your heart. Connect with James Lee at btgvoice.com and on social media at Senior Living Guy.